This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Do you say and do things when drinking that you regret the next day? Is alcohol a problem for you or someone you really care about? Over the next hour, we'll find out how people just like you and me found sobriety in AA through sharing their experience, strength and hope. Welcome to AA Live, brought to you by Alcoholics Anonymous. And good evening, folks. Kia ora e te whanau. Welcome to the AA Live Radio Show. Lovely to have you here with us this evening. This show explores the ideas behind a way of recovery through the Alcoholics Anonymous program. And it's uh, great to have you here. I'm here with my lovely co-host Chrissy. Hi Chrissy. Kia ora. Kia ora Jan. Great to be here again as usual. <laughs> lovely to see you. Hey I thought we'd start with a little karakia, a wee serenity prayer for us all today and, and uh, that we, we tend to do each time we have a meeting. So um, let's go for it. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Right, listeners, good to have you here. I am going to read out our AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So we're all about getting the message out there to others. And what you hear today on this show, folks, I have to tell you, is purely about Christie's and my opinions. It's not necessarily the uh, opinions of uh, AA as a whole. <laughs> we do tend to waffle a little bit at times, don't we, Chrissy? But, you know, we, we're, we're just a couple of uh, recovering alcoholics who have some fun ideas in our heads at times. So please, folks, do be aware this is... Not, uh, yeah, these are our opinions, not AAs. And Chrissy, I think you're going to introduce our daily reflection today. It's a bit of a spirit lifter. Yes, I am. Thank you. December the 14th, reaching out. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they worked with you. When I come into contact with a newcomer, do I have a tendency to look at him from my perceived angle of success in AA? Do I compare him with the large number of acquaintances I have made in the fellowship? Do I point out to him, in a magisterial way, the voice of AA? What is my real attitude toward him? I must examine myself whenever I meet a newcomer to make sure that I'm carrying the message with simplicity humility and generosity. The one who still suffers from the terrible disease of alcoholism must find in me a friend who will allow him to get the AA, get to know the AA way because I had such a friend when I arrived in AA. 
Today it is my turn to hold out my hand with love to my sister or brother alcoholic and to show her or him the way to happiness. That's lovely. Thanks, Chrissy. I really enjoy that reading. I do love the month of December when we're in Step 12. Uh, It's a a great month. It's about getting out there and being there, making sure we'll be there for others. So did you find that you had that sort of... I had a person like that that came to me at the beginning. I had two. And uh, they were actually at my... um, a meeting that was important to me, my, my two-year birthday recently. And it was just so lovely to have them both there. It's yeah. really important, those friendships. Yes, it? it is, I think, too. You know, the initial um, reaction we have when we go into AA is really important. So it's really it's really good when people are... Um, like, when I went to AA, people were just so nice. I, mm. couldn't, I just could <laughs> not get over it. And um, like you, Jan, I've had people in my life that came into my life quite early in my sobriety that um, that are still there. Mm. And, you know, it shows me too that the program really works. It does, yeah. It's, a, it's a, that kindness that is there and they're so forthcoming with the information to help and be there for you and help guide you. It was, uh, it's important. I find still I have a lot more phone numbers in my phone now than I've ever had and uh, a lot of them uh, have AA written after them. <laughs> that phone list is important. Yes, definitely. You when know, you need to call out. Um, for a while I, and it's funny that the... Um, it's a yeah. It's it's divine providence that reaching out was the heading of the, today's a reading or spirit lifter. Um, I had a real problem with reaching out, and yet when I did, it was the thing that made the biggest difference to my sobriety. And yeah, it is just so good, you know. And I what I did was I just put lots of people's phone numbers on my phone, and then when I needed to chat to somebody or talk to somebody or whatever, I just went down the list. And if they're in, if I couldn't get hold of one person, I surely could get hold of someone else. So, yeah, it's important that sort of stuff, that that reaching out, and we're very grateful for it, folks. You are listening to the AA Live Show in association with our friends from Otago Access Radio on one hundred five point four FM. We're going to start the show with a little bit of Eartha Kit today, folks. This is going to be a bit of fun. One, Chrissy's picked our music today, which I'm uh, looking forward to. We've got a bit of a, a lazy afternoon. <laughs> It's a lazy afternoon And the beetle bugs are zooming And the tulip trees are blooming And there's not another human in view But us two It's a And the farmer leaves his reaping In the meadow cows are sleeping And the speckled trout stop leaping Upstream As we dream 
You can hear the grass as it grows. It's a hazy afternoon, and I know a place that's quiet, set for daisies running riot, and there's no one passing by it to see. Come spend this lazy afternoon with me. Oh, that was a beautiful track. Thank you, Chrissy, for starting our evening like that. Welcome back, listeners. Look, we are coming into the Christmas and New Year period. Oh, there are work functions, extra stresses, and not forgetting our horrible friend COVID hanging around. So during today's show, we will be discussing tips on how to deal with some of those challenging situations when you're out in those social environments. But firstly, though, we have an interview I've dug up in the archives, dating back to December 2019, between Tony and Gavin, discussing Step 12. So we concentrate on that during the month of December. It's a great interview, so have a wee listen, folks. Welcome, Gavin. Oh, thanks, Tony. (laughs) No worries at all. And uh, this month we're actually talking about Step 12. Um, and, you know, Gav, I'd just like to uh, just to hear, you know, your insights into what Step 12 means for you. Oh, OK. Thanks, Tony. Well, uh, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I mean, it's um, a, a totally new thing because... Um, uh, talk about selfishness and self-centeredness. Uh, that was me, and um, wanting to help anybody else never occurred to me at all because it was all about me. And yes. I think that uh, this uh, step twelve uh, says we tried to carry this message, and uh, the message was given to me by the early. Members who had got to AA before me, right, yeah, and was just um, delivered with such kindness and um, well, dry humour as well. Yes, and so uh, <laughs> you know, it just sort of trickled into me slowly and gradually, and um, yeah. So that's about. Uh, what I need to say about that, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, the spiritual awakening part, Mm. can you sort of describe it perhaps for for the folks listening? Um, What, 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 you know, what's a spiritual awakening? Oh, for me it was about, uh, sorry, I I overtook you there, Tony. I'm I'm fond of um, my own voice, so. No, no, uh, it's it's all good. some sort of a way of being that I'd never experienced before, you know, and it's like it's about um, my whole attitude changed in the way that um, 
I I believed that I'd been set free from all my you know my past mistakes and and uh, you know all, all the uh, people I'd um, disturbed and upset in my drinking, and I had to do uh, a lot of work about the. Um, a lot of writing work and a lot of um, talking work and and asking for forgiveness work and and all of that stuff. So um, at the end of that, there was a feeling that I'd done the best I could, yeah. and there was some sort of freedom in right. that. There was a tremendous freedom in that for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm just thinking about myself. You know, my drinking became an everyday obsession. You know, and oh. there was absolutely no freedom um, in that. I was, oh, no. you know what I mean. It mm. was just a revolving carousel of like a, a bit of a circus. You know, I guess you know some people will be out there, um, you know, perhaps getting sick of of their drinking and stuff. And and um, you know, is it something that happened overnight, Gavin? Or, or, or no, you know, I I think. Really, Tony, just a gradual um, creeping into my um, being, just Mm. sort of being exposed to um, uh, the love and support and the generosity of um, the older members of Alcoholics Anonymous and just the, the, you know, their attitude and their experience um, and I liked what I saw about people not getting upset and and just taking things Mm. as they come and and that appealed to me Yes. so yeah it took a while but eventually um, I woke up and, and thought oh man I've had about four good days in a row or something which wasn't usual for me so it was a bit like that some sort of um awakening of some sort i think yeah Mm. yeah yeah i mean it's terribly important um you know i think a spiritual awakening or a change and even just the idea that it's going to be okay you know is, is a huge relief um you know when we're suffering, you know, particularly from something like this, you know, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, how were some of the ways perhaps that you've carried that message yourself? You know, you've talked about the old timers passing it on to you. Um, how, how, you know, perhaps you've carried that to um, other recovering alcoholics, other people needing help? Yeah, well, it was impressed upon us that the only way we get to keep uh, our recovery is to give it away mm. and i've i've tried to do that um mainly you know talking to you know alcoholics who have come to us for the first time and just um trying to uh, reenact that, um, you know, that kindness and compassion about, um, you know, it's okay, you're not alone, Mm. and um, we have a solution that works. And Mm. it's like sometimes we'd take 
um, new members away to what we call an assembly, which is a, a, a group of of us that meet, um, you know, Christchurch, or it was just in Methven, actually, this last weekend. Right, so, yes, yep. you know, and there's uh, 150 uh, alcoholics all gathered, yes, and, yeah. uh, you know, for the purposes of um, getting a spiritual recharge. Yes. Uh, mm, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah no, that's wonderful. I mean, you know... Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it's like it sounds like action. You know, yes, it's a, yes. It's a, it's a, you know, I've heard it said it's a, it's a, you know, uh, the re, re, recovery in AA is, a, is, is, you know, there's a lot of action. We we do things to actually keep keep our sobriety. You know, so. Um, look, I, I mean, I, when I looked at step 12, I mean, you know, and I mean, the, the, you know, if you come along to an AA meeting, you see the banners up on the wall and some of that can be a bit of a mystery, you know what I mean? Um, and, and you know, the, the, the part at the end on step 12 that says, uh, and to practice these principles in all our affairs, you know, that sounds pretty daunting, Gav. I mean, how how have you approached? Oh, well, uh, I <laughs> still have trouble <laughs> with it. Don't worry about right. that. I'm a human <laughs> so I'm not the only yeah. one then, yeah. No, no. Oh, that's yeah. good then. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, practice is the uh, uh, operative word. And, uh, you know, sometimes I practice and fail, but sometimes when I keep my mouth shut, uh, it works a lot better than, uh, you know, um, uh, a mouthful of um, hurting words and stuff like yes. that. Yeah. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I was just thinking about previously what you said that word action was entails um you know offering sometimes offering people a lift to a meeting yep. uh, taking them to a meeting being uh, giving out a phone number uh stuff like that and just yes. being available to talk and just just um you know generally uh being their friend or something or other, yes. you know, uh, in order to get them through the hard stuff um, when they first um, come yes. to recovery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the you, you, yeah. No, I, I, I hear that, Gavin. You know, yeah, getting alongside. Yes. People, yeah, yeah, that's what know. I mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, mm. you said it. You said it well the first mm. time. Mm. Hey, um, look, uh, tell us about what your first AA meeting was like. You know, how how oh, was how was your first, how was your first AA meeting? Uh, well, uh, I was um, in trouble at work. I I worked in a pub, you know, and uh, I couldn't control my drinking, uh, and then something happened. I I I think it was like my wife had told me that um, she was going to leave me and the family and, um, oh, you know, I think I'd got a, a drunk driving uh, charge on the go as well. So I was in a bad space. Mm. And um, so I rang up a guy I knew who had been to school, uh, a schoolmate, an old schoolmate of mine who, who was sober. And... Um, he said, oh, yeah, there's a meeting on tonight at the hospital. We used to have meetings in the hospital here. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, somehow or other, uh, I talked to another alcoholic as well uh, because we have a, uh, a helpline and we can 
it's an 0800 number that you can ring up. So I got somebody else as well and blow me down and I turned up at the hospital and they were both there to meet me. Right. And they both shook my hand and took me upstairs <laughs> and oh, and I walked into the meeting and lo and behold, there was one of my uh, customers from the bar. Right. In the, in the, in the meeting itself. So, uh, you know, uh, and I tell you what, that first meeting when I said those words... Uh, my name's Kevin, and I'm an alcoholic. It was like a, a weight just yes. lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. Right, yes. Mm. The, yeah. the, the start, the, the start, beginning. The beginning, of, of yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Mm. No, that's great. It's just that, you know, I know there'll be listeners out there, Gev, and, um, you know, be contemplating, you know, should I give a, a, a you know, Alcoholics Anonymous a, a try? And, um, you know, and so I just thank you so much for sharing, you know, your experience of your first AA meeting. Oh, no worries, um, Tony. Hey, listen, yeah. we're coming up to the silly season too, you know. Yeah. Hey, yeah. have you got any advice or any, any tips for us Elkies Ooh, to survive I... the silly season? Oh, uh, yeah, well, it's a time when, you know, it's the silly season, as you say. So, man, I just uh, know that I've got to keep myself safe. Yeah. You know, and um, if this work functions and... Uh, Oh, uh, anything like that, but um, yeah, you've just got to keep your phone numbers. You know, if you have any phone numbers of other alcoholic, or or ring the oh eight hundred number if you want to, and yeah. and, and you've had a bit of a whoops a daisy, we'll uh, you know we'll take you to a meeting. Yes, and you can see, yeah. uh, you can try it out. Yes, you know, yeah, mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, none of us, I, I guess, what I'm hearing as we skipped into here looking for self-improvement, yeah. there, was, there was a bit of trouble trailing behind us. We gave AA a bit of a shot the first time, you know. So, yes, yes. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, if you if it's happening like that way, then then you're not alone, eh? Get yourself to a meeting, eh? And, yeah, and start yeah. to check this thing out. Yeah. Check it out. And yeah. you'll find... Uh, uh, you know, I thought when I first arrived at uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, I, I didn't know that there were more of us out there. I thought I was the only one, and I arrived yes. in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I think, you know, and there's a whole heap of men and women and uh, other sorts of people as well. Yes. You know, yeah. that um, this program works. I can, uh, you know, there's no guarantees, but uh, if you do... If you give it a go, I think you'd be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Yes. Yeah. You've, you've never looked back? Would that be a fair statement? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I have a life beyond my wildest dream. Mm. I've got grandchildren that have never seen me drink, you know. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's a blessing in itself. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely is. I, I rung my uh, son. He just got a job, and I was talking to my granddaughter, and she wants me to – I've just been there last weekend, but she wants me to come back up again. Yes. For a few more sleepovers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want granddad there. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got your family back. That's, that's what. It. That's, that's what, right, that's what it Sounds yeah. like you know. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, um, mm. That's wonderful. Yeah. I know. Yes, yeah. it is. It definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Hey, listen, Gav. I really appreciated you being on the show this evening, and thank you so much for your views. Oh, that's fine, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> Look, knowing those two wonderful humans today, I really enjoyed listening to that. Now, Chrissing, you have a reading for us today that's been picked out. Yes, I do. 
Okay. Whether you are an alcoholic is not determined by where you drink, when you started drinking, how long you've been drinking, with whom you drink, what or even how much. The true test is in the answer to the question, what has alcohol done to you? If it has affected your relationship with your family, friends, former or present employers. You know, it's things like, has your mother gotten really brassed off with you because you turned up drunk on Christmas Day and spoilt the whole day? <laughs> Have you ever um, ruined your daughter's wedding, for example, by getting really loud and boisterous and sacking the band? Uh, have your friends ever disappeared in the middle of a night out because they couldn't be bothered with you anymore because you were being so horrible? Have you ever threatened to punch out the boss at the Christmas work party? Um, kissed the boss's wife? You know, done all appropriate things like that that you usually wouldn't really do if you weren't drunk if it has influenced the way you schedule your days. Are you taking Friday off so you can go to the booze early? Are you taking Monday off to get over a hangover that you've had after a, you've got after a blind of a weekend? Are you taking sick days? Thinking, oh, I've got, I'm too sick to go to work today, you know, hanging over the, that, that white porcelain throne, um, vomiting and all those lovely things. If it has affected your health, what are your liver function tests like? This is always a very good thing to get checked out by your doctor. Um, has, is it making you depressed? You know, that's if it determines your moods or affects your moods when not drinking or your state of mind. And I can personally share about this. When I was drinking, I thought, am I drinking because I'm depressed or am I depressed because I was drinking? And um, one thing I found out, alcohol is a really big depressant. And that's why after a big bender or a big night out, you know, your mood's usually in the pits. And a lot of people just have another one to get through that. And so the vicious cycle continues. If you are in any way preoccupied with alcohol, you know, you'll be saying, oh, God, I can't wait till it's five o'clock and then I can get home and have a drink, you know. I can get in the door. First thing I do is go to the fridge, get that bottle of beer out, sit down and go, Um, do you think, oh, I've just done the lawns, I've earned a beer, I've worked hard today, I've earned a beer. If you have a life like mine, you deserve to drink, you know, then the likelihood is that you may have a problem. That's from page six of the AA pamphlet, AA for the older alcoholic, but, you know, I think that's applicable in every alcoholic's case. Gosh, Chrissy, yes, that's a great reading. I was thinking then when you were saying about uh, getting home from work and thinking about it I used to work out which way I was going to drive home 
to go to whichever bottle store to make sure it was one that I hadn't been to before, the day before. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that it's, uh, I can't wait to finish at five so I can get to the pub. I can't wait to, mm, it's, um, it takes over, doesn't it? It takes over that thinking. Yeah, it sure does. And although I wasn't a, like an all-day drinker, what I noticed too was that um, I had all those things. Oh, I can't go there. Oh, no, I've been there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had this big fear of people watching me, and yet the whole town knew I was an alcoholic. Yeah, except so, yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, alcoholism is bizarre in that way. Yes, it does. It sneaks up on you and bites you on the butt. Hey, look, the holiday and party season is meant to be a fun and joyous occasion <laughs> that brings your family and friends together. But there can be often be moments of stress and anxiety. And if you are recovering from alcohol addiction, the broad spectrum of holiday emotions can challenge your recovery. Though the risk of relapse can run high during the holidays and party season, it is not inevitable. You do not have to relapse. It does not have to end that way. If you are in recovery from alcohol addiction, there are steps you can take to stay healthy and safe. Be aware of potentially triggering situations and know how to prepare for them. Here are some tips that we've put together to help prepare for stressful holiday situations. Give yourself the best gift this holiday season, your continued sobriety. Yes, please. (laughs) All I ask for Christmas. Have a pre-planned response. If you expect to be offered a drink, think about how you will respond. A simple yet firm no thank you is often enough. You can keep it simple. I'm not drinking tonight. Or I have to get an early start to my day tomorrow. Don't say a word. Keep a non-alcoholic drink with you during the party. This way, whenever someone off, tries to offer you alcohol, you can simply hold up your beverage, indicating that you're not ready for another drink. Gosh, Chrissy, did you used to do that thing that when you, um, when I was trying to maybe have a time where I was trying to be sober and not doing well, I used to pour myself a lemonade, put a bit of lemon in it, some, some ice in it, and make it look like a vodka and tonic so that I could look like I was still drinking with everybody else and being what you know I thought was normal but of course it's not normal but yeah so I didn't stand out yeah I did that I once took two bottles of grape juice to a party when I was newly sober and I just told it well my friend who was having the party knew I wasn't drinking but I drank two bottles of grape juice (laughs) (laughs) and it was just that you know people knew you know, I I just say oh, I'm on the grape juice. I'm driving. You know, and people seemed. I think the I'm driving one really worked the best for me because mm. people understood that. But um, yeah, you get um, you sort of get used to it. You know, you have the few a few um, sort of. Oh, I was going to say obnoxious, but that's not really the word. Um, 
And it's usually once they've started drinking, I might add, that they go, I bet I can have her to, get her to have a drink. You know, people that know I'm sober. People that don't know I'm sober, um, I don't know. There's a lot of ways that you can get around it. Just say, you know, I'm driving or... Um, you don't have to say you're an alcoholic or anything like that. And if someone starts trying to push me on it, I just sort of walk away. That's, yeah. that's the best thing. Say yes, I would love a drink. Can I get water with lemon or a Coca-Cola? <laughs> Very few people will press anything alcoholic on you, but if they do, simply say, not right now, thank you. But a Coke would really hit the spot. It's a good one. I've never thought of that one. <laughs> Try humour. Remember you don't need to announce your sobriety unless you want to. Depending on how comfortable you feel about the subject, you may decide to just tell your truth and be done with it. No thanks. Even the top shelf booze isn't tempting enough to make me throw away my sobriety. If you have some strategies prepared in advance, you'll find this situation much easier to navigate. That is true. And remember, there is no rule saying that you must attend every party you're invited to. You know, your health and stability are far more valuable than one night of holiday celebration. You could bring a friend. If you can't get out of a party or other get-together that you're worried about attending, ask a close friend or ask your sponsor to accompany you. Discuss your concerns ahead of time. And make concrete plans for how you will both respond if you find yourself slipping. Bringing someone who understands your sobriety can help you hold yourself accountable. It can make you feel stronger and more supported. And if you're travelling for the holidays, look, reach out to people you're close to. Explain to them that you may need some extra support. That, you know, ask them if it's okay to contact them every now and then. Gosh, you could even ask them to check on you yourself. I know uh, if I was going away, I'd certainly be in strict contact with my sponsor, I think. Because when you get out of your routine, I don't know how you find it, Chrissy, but I find if I get out of my routine, there can be the odd thing. I had that trip recently that I made and and was staying in a lovely uh, Airbnb place, opened the fridge And the lady who owned it had kindly left some wine in the fridge. Now, I had not expected that at all. It took me back a little bit, but I just closed the fridge and I never opened it again (laughs) the whole time I was there. (laughs) But, you know, those things can come up. I mean, I'm in control every day of whether I walk down the alcohol section of the supermarket when I go in there and stuff like that. But I also found when I was away on that, that trip that I was... In a supermarket I didn't know. And I found myself all of a sudden in the alcohol section. And I just sort of stopped and turned around. And it gave me a bit of a fright because I was so used to my own environment. So I think when you're going away, personally for me, uh, I do make sure I have that good support around me that I can phone and text and, and I can find I know what my triggers are that's a biggie for me yeah I think that's really important um having somebody on the phone is always a good thing and it takes me back to when I was in earlier recovery too when um 
I felt that my routine, and my routine is still really, really important to me. You know, it's one thing that I hang my sobriety on, I guess. And um, when I, I just sort of used to go quickly past the, the alcohol <laughs> sections, and now I'm like, oh, don't need, don't don't need to go there, you know, yes. sort of thing. Yes. Um, it gets easier, I think, as you go along. And um, but you know, I hear Jan. I hear if you go, if I went away on holiday and things like that. Although the last wee trip that I went on, I went away with two lovely women from AA, and so it was just like being in a continuous meeting the whole time. <laughs> really <laughs> <Fabulous>. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. But, um, oh my gosh, when I've been away on holidays before and really I find that I have to stick to the same thing. Um, The handing over in the shower, um, the praying, all that sort of thing has to be fitted into my day as well. Otherwise I just, yeah, it's just not a good, it's not a happening thing basically, my sobriety, if I can't keep to that. Yeah, that little routine that we have is really important, I agree. What else other tips have you got there for us, Chrissy? Uh, create an exit strategy. Oh, yes. This is a good one. <laughs> you can't always predict how a situation will play out or how you will feel. Having an exit strategy for potentially stressful holiday situations is essential. And I can sort of um, relate this to... Uh, if I was going out somewhere and I felt uncomfortable or I felt like um, the bottle, I was starting to look at those bottles and I, 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 they thought, were I thought they were looking back too <laughs> and they were looking like all shiny and inviting. And <laughs> they were looking like diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> and I had this um, situation once at a work do and I just got up and left and... Uh, my sponsor, my first sponsor, always said to me, "If you're going somewhere, take your car. Then you can always leave if you have to." And I, you know, I think even though I don't have a car these days, I would still employ the same strategy. Mm. Maybe your babysitter needs to get home. <laughs> That's good a excuse. good one. <laughs> you will have to wake up at the crack of dawn for an appointment, or nobody made it home to walk the dogs. You can even arrange for a friend to call during the event to add some credence to your out. Gosh, I've actually done that for a a fellow person and said, look, I will call you. You just have to send me a text with a letter on it and that means I need to call you to get you out. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great thing. And do you know you can even call yourself? I've done that before. (laughs) (laughs) You can just... There's the number you can put into your phone, Gosh. and and you. I tell you, we know all the tricks here. Um, <laughs> True and, and, you, and you can call yourself, and then you, and then you go, oh, something's happened. I have to go home. Um, so having a plan B. The really, only thing I can say about that calling yourself is make sure you mute your phone first, because there's nothing worse than you're doing a pretend call on yourself, <laughs> and it starts ringing. <laughs> Oh, I must remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, having a plan B ready allows you to be able to gracefully bow out if needed. That's so true. And you can also exit with the old Irish goodbye, you know, the one when you sneak out without telling, <laughs> telling anyone. <laughs> Look, while it may seem rude, it might be necessary if you feel as if your sobriety is in jeopardy. 
personally, I found it good to go without a bag. I uh, I minimise what I need and I fit it into my pockets or my jacket. Like there's my keys, my money card, my phone and my lippy. And it means that I can get up and look like I'm just moving around. <laughs> because as soon as you pick up a bag or a coat or something like that, people go, oh, are you leaving? And I've always found if I go with the bare minimum, it looks like I'm just walking off to the toilet <laughs> and I'm gone. There must be some Irish blood in me somewhere. Hey, look, we're going to take a break. We're going to put on some music. Uh, this one is from a, a band called Dishwalla, and they are doing a bit of the Carpenters. I like it. It's called It's Going to Take Some Time.
wasn't a little bit of rock to get you going. <laughs> You're listening to the AA Live Show in association with our friends from Otago Access Radio on 105.4 FM. Look, continuing with our tips for staying sober during the Christmas and New Year silly season. It's a challenging time. I know it uh, could be for myself, uh, which is why I was thinking of these things for this show this evening. And one of the things that we look at as an AA is knowing your triggers, identifying what it is that will take you over the limit and cause you to have a relapse. So managing your triggers is very important. And the most common triggers correspondent, correspond sorry, to that uh, acronym HALT, which is the H-A-L-T, when you are hungry, angry, lonely or tired. And of course Christmas is not always a happy time for everybody. And personally I can find definitely the angry, lonely and tired slip in for me. It's the end of the year. Uh, I can be lonely because there are people that aren't around, uh, people go away, people who are no longer in my life, it can make me get a bit pissed off, <laughs> it can make me get a little bit self-pity, uh, which is one of the things I know is a trigger that I need to not go down. So, you know, just take care of yourself mentally and physically, get out for those walks, uh, put on that piece of music that you like listening to that helps you feel good. Say your serenity prayer, hand over your will each day, do your meditation. These are all things that I've learned through my program with AA. What sort of things do you do when you identify a trigger? Chrissy, do you have anything particular? Are you following the same stuff I do? Yes, and I think it's really important too to be aware of where you are you know um don't be going out to all these all these parties and that you know i remember i used to like twist myself inside out to do these things and then no wonder i was so tired (laughs) you know it's like it's like six months of um socializing all into the one month and you know, I really think taking care of yourself is a really good thing. Making sure I'm not getting into um, that self-pity and really looking at the positive side of life. You know, I, I'm in the situation where I, I don't have much family around me, yet this year I'll be um, making sure my mental well-being is really strong. I think that's really important for me personally. Um, and um, just knowing that, for example, my children are only a phone call or a FaceTime or whatever you call it, away. Um, and and especially yeah. with COVID, I think, too, this year. I know we've all been given a release. I know uh, with our traffic light system and so forth but there will be anxiety and extra anxiety with that people feeling unsafe and so forth but yeah I think you're really wise there Christy with that mental health we really need to take care of ourselves slow down take some time out uh, stop and smell the flowers (laughs) look at the roses and watch watch the birds fly across the sky I think those things, in that first lockdown, we slowed down. I think when we came out of it, 
we revved up again. <laughs> and I think people are still revved up a little bit. Slow down. It was good for us. <laughs> yes, it was. And, you know, I think the world is just getting faster and faster and faster. And I, I watched, I saw an ad in the, ba- in the bank yesterday, you know, you can do your bank while, banking while you're having a snack. And I was thinking to myself, why on earth would you want to do that? You know, yeah, it's just absolutely. like someone out there's got the whip out. <laughs> go faster. <laughs> go faster. And yeah, actually, uh, stop. Not, have yeah. the snack. Then do the banking. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's like, and that's like doing two things at once. It's not a happening thing, you know. And it, it's definitely not good for you. I don't think. Um, it's like that. Uh, I've seen those ads too for the uh, shopping while you're camping. <laughs> you can have your shopping delivered, and I know there's a sense of ease in that. But I think to myself, really. Where was the joy of just walking down to the shop with the kids, with a bag each? Let's walk around the supermarket, fill it up, and let's go back to the beach. Yeah, there's no. Uh, it's all got to be done. Got to be done. It's um, yeah. I find yeah. it quite fascinating. Look, looking up meetings, Chrissy, tell us about that. Okay. That's an important looking one. Looking up meetings in your area. It's easy to get overwhelmed by the holiday season. Confiding in others who are also in recovery can help you relieve some of that stress. Um, you know, I think as alcoholics, one of our greatest um, assets is the other alcoholic and and tapping into their wisdom about what they did, etc, etc. During the holidays, AA continues to hold meetings. Uh, so go and listen to speakers, talk of gratitude and of the real spirit of giving that is outlined in Step 12. Uh, you can look these up on, look up the meetings um, online under the alcohol in the Alcoholics Anonymous website and there are always meetings lists, well there should be on um, at every meeting. Go, um, if you're travelling, plan to attend a meeting wherever you will be and plan in advance. It's always a good idea to um, look at look up the meetings before you go. And, you know, I always used to do, well, I don't know, I'm just a, an over-organiser from hell, I guess, but I used to um, find out where they were and et cetera and how I was going to get there because when you're, when you're there... Sometimes you're just too busy having good time to worry about things like that. Try to find a local meeting long before you arrive and build it into your holiday schedule. Well, I guess I've already said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a bit of planning goes a long way, folks. Absolutely. I think they've all been great tips. Thank you very much for for sharing those. Uh, folks, we're going to talk about our closing acknowledgements. I think we need to remind our listeners that if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. 0800 AA Works. 0800 and that's the 24-hour manned phone line. Phone line. Mm. AA Otago Intergroup, this is the web address, aaotago.org.nz, all lowercase, or you can post um, a letter or anything to AA Otago Intergroup at PO Box 6115, Dunedin North, 
Dunedin 9059, and of course the New Zealand website's aa.org.nz. Yeah, you'll find those meeting lists on that website, folks. That's aa.org.nz. They are across the country. We are everywhere. Look, we're going to finish with a song this evening. I hope you have all enjoyed uh, listening to (laughs) our tips this evening and that great interview. It's been really great to be here. Thank you, Chrissy, for coming in and doing the show with me this evening. It's been a pleasure to see you again, as always. Look, ka to you and mātewa, everyone. And until next time, enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your new year. Stay safe. And we're going to close out with a song this evening. was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.